this week, all of our plans completely fell through, and I didn't feel like putting together a show, so you know what? We're just going to hang out and talk about uh, some wrestling. Trace isn't here, but Oscar is, and you know, some stuff has happened, so we'll cover it. Casual Wednesday is in effect tonight on Heal Alternative. One and all, it is Wednesday, February 12th, 2020, and welcome to episode 17 of Heal Alternative, ProWrestling.Cool's Posse Podcast, where we cover AEW, NXT, and the wide world of professional wrestling outside Vince's purview. Heck of a show for you tonight. Well, okay, we have a show for you tonight. You see, basically, a whole confluence of events has done a real great job of messing up everything. We had some special stuff planned for you this week that all just kind of fell through. Um, Trace got stuck with some personal stuff, so he is out this week. Much love, Trace. We will see you next week. Hope you're doing well. I'm really tired because, you know what, I've been getting over a stomach virus for the past couple days. Oscar's been sick as well, so he's like, you know what? I was just like, I don't want to play in a show tonight. So we're just going to wing it. We're just going to talk about some wrestling. We watched AEW. We watched NXT. Teddy Hart did some dumb shit. So we're going to, you know, go full on like Chrisley cast on him. So let's get right on into it. Joining me this week, of course, it's Oscar Bernard. Hey, John, how's it going? I'm doing okay, Oscar. It's been, look, man, it's been only half of a week and like i didn't even go to work on monday because i was really sick with that stomach virus but this week already feels way too fucking long sure does but hey i measure my weeks in the last time we recorded podcasts and even though we only recorded a podcast what like fucking monday when did we record yes we did monday evening this week is so long i know it just feels insufferable. But hey, at least we got to enjoy the best part of this week with the Wednesday wrestling shows. Yeah. All right, cool. We're not arguing that. I like that. We were positive on the week Wednesday wrestling. Yeah, yeah, like... That's what the whole point of this podcast is. You know, we'll talk about this more a bit later, but I mean, Dynamite was... You know, even a week episode of Dynamite is still two enjoyable hours of wrestling. And, yeah, you know what, for, you know, look, again, obviously, I had my attention half-turned to uh, to NXT during a bunch of it, but, like, from what I could tell, like, yeah, no, very, very solid episode of Dynamite that I really enjoyed and, you know, was definitely attracted to at times more than uh, watching NXT. Not to say that NXT was bad, actually, NXT had some fucking banger content this week, but, you know what, stick around, folks, because we'll get to that in a little bit. First, though... Oscar, you presented some news to me today that I feel like we really need to discuss. Uh, Yes. Oscar, what's going on with the prodigal son of the Hart Dynasty, Teddy Hart? So, I need to full caveat here and say, I do not know if this is Teddy Hart. 
I do not know the legitimacy of this news. But the, about eight days ago on the Impact Red on the Impact Wrestling subreddit, Reddit user Teddy Hart is back posted Hey guys, I know sources who can confirm that Teddy Hart and Impact Wrestling are in negotiations. I know Teddy Hart and Don Callis are very friendly and familiar, and I think they've had worthwhile conversations and their vibes meshed well. If this happens, who is the first guy or girl you'd want to see wrestle Teddy? I think it would be a great acquisition. There's no punctuation in this paragraph, by the way. But hey, it would make a lot of sense that, you know, since Teddy Hart is now done with uh, with MLW, like they let him go in December. Uh, yeah, I guess it would make sense that he would end up on the Island of Misfit Wrestlers. Now, <laughs> the wrinkle that I discovered in this story is just because I was bored and, you know, the, the MJF Jungle Boy match was on, which was fine. But, you know, I was kind of looking at my computer during it. Um, I decided to go through this guy's post history. Teddy Hart is back. John, I think yeah. this I think this account is Teddy Hart. <laughs> okay. Because if you look at other stuff that this account has posted, it's a lot of like it's a lot of candid photos from inside Teddy Hart's house of his cat. Um Photos of Natalia, photos of Teddy Hart sleeping. Um, I mean, maybe Teddy Hart posts this stuff on Twitter or Instagram or something. I I don't follow Teddy Hart at all, so I don't know. And then, but then these posts describe the cat as being his cat, and that Natalia is his cousin. Oh. <laughs> um, excuse me? And oh, if you just look at his if you just look at his post history this is almost definitely either a weird parody account of Teddy Hart or this is Teddy Hart's Reddit account. Yeah, this, this sounds a lot like Teddy Hart's Reddit account to me. Like, again, I don't know anything about this. I've done no looking into this. I'm literally hearing about this for the first time right now. Other but- other posts include on the Impact subreddit, would Impact take a chance on Teddy Hart? With people commenting, Teddy, this looks pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Also, it's worth co- it's worth noting that all his posts have like negative karma. He posted, you know what? <laughs> he posted on the Reddit relationship advice subreddit. No. Hey, Are you telling me we could have read him his fucking question on fucking the thing that's going up on Friday? Yes. I need to know what this is. Hey guys. I'm dating a professional wrestler who's pretty famous on TV, and we have a pretty well-known YouTube channel together. I'm starting to get jealous because lots of men are messaging her since she has a lot of exposure now, and it seems like she's starting to stray away from me. She also holds resentment over me making her a special wrestling belt for Christmas. What do you guys think I should do to get over the thought that I'm not good enough for her and that she deserves better? She's becoming a star before my eyes, and God has blessed me with her. 
The top comment on here is lay off the drugs, Teddy. <laughs> you know what? I I can't answer that any better than that. So and let's then just leave it. The at other that top one. comment is as long as she doesn't end up missing. <laughs> we'll get to that, Oscar. <laughs> um, Teddy Hart posted on the AEW subreddit asking if AEW would sign Teddy Hart. The post has been removed by moderators. I mean, Teddy Hart did show up at the Philly show. Owen did have those pictures of him in the crowd. Um, he, yeah, like, there's been, yeah, just a lot of posts, a lot of posts of Teddy Hart, and then, and then five days ago, Teddy Hart posts on the Impact subreddit, hey guys, I have direct knowledge with negotiations between Teddy Hart and Impact. I can confirm that the two parties have agreed in principle to a contract. I'm not sure when he will debut, but I look forward to the excellent matches he will put on. I'm glad the fans will be able to see some dream matches now, and now that Tessa Blanchard, the undeniable Diamond is champion, I think an intergender match between the two would help solidify intergender wrestling as a whole in the eyes of the fans and anyone on the fence about the idea. I know intergender wrestling isn't the most popular idea, but if done properly, I think it could turn some heads, and I can't wait to see Teddy Hart potentially lead the revolution on intergender wrestling. I can't wait for him to begin his new journey. I don't know when he will debut, but it seems to be on the horizon. Okay, first point here. uh, Intergender wrestling, for whatever you want to say about it, is more popular than Teddy Hart. (laughs) Yeah. Second point here, that's some thirsty-ass shit. Third point here, I need to know what the first reply is. Uh, The top reply is, you are indeed Teddy Hart himself. (laughs) (laughs) And then someone posted below, dude is a lunatic. Of which the moderator (laughs) then replied, you are indeed Teddy Hart, dude's a lunatic. Sounds about right. Welcome aboard, Teddy. So what's his angle here? Do you think he's actually telling the truth? Do you think he's actually, like, really had negotiations with Impact? Or is he just really trying to, like, you know, goose that and try and get people talking on Reddit so that they're like, oh, well, Reddit seems really into it, so you gotta sign me. Um... I I want to believe that it is him trying to get people to be like, yeah, exactly what you said. Like, the fans want this. But then also, it's Impact Wrestling. Of course they're fucking going to sign Teddy Hart. True. Like, there's no way that Teddy Hart does not wind up in Impact by the end of this year. Yeah, I can see it, but it might take him a little while because this isn't the only reason that Teddy Hart is in the news today. What else has Teddy Hart done today? Well, uh, I guess technically it was yesterday, but news broke this morning that uh, last night Teddy Hart was arrested for uh, possession in Virginia. Okay. Apparently, yeah. Uh, he apparently had so much weed on his person that he's being charged with uh, possession with intent to sell. How much weed do you have to have on your person? 
That is a really good question, and I'm going to look that up right now, what the, the limit is for possession with intent to sell in Virginia. Uh, while you're looking that up, uh, Teddy Hart has also posted on r slash WWE. What unsigned talent do you want WWE to sign? Personally, I think a guy like Teddy Hart would be a great addition to perhaps the NXT roster to put on dream matches and mentor the young talent. I think Hunter would be wise to look in that direction. He's doing such a great job with NXT, putting his best foot forward with the Wednesday Night Wars. A word? The top comment is, Teddy Hart is Bret Hurst's son? <laughs> People, All right, well, I keep, sorry, yeah. people on the WWE subreddit have not seemed to clue into the fact that this account is Teddy Hart. Weird. I can't believe it. Anyway, so he has uh, a schedule. Basically, I can't find what uh, how much you have to have basically to have like intent to sell. But he has a Schedule 3 controlled substance. On his, he had a bunch of schedule three controlled substance. Um, I so I'm confused here because I'm looking at a, a page and there's it's referring to things as class three versus uh, schedule three. However, it seems like if it is if this is exactly what they're talking about here, it could, if he has a class three substance, then he had either anabolic steroids, codeine, some barbiturates, or depressants. Okay, so. I'm going to make the assumption that given the fact that he's a wrestler, it's probably steroids. Probably a lot of steroids. Yeah. Like, Teddy Hart seems like a big dude. I don't want to accuse him of being on steroids. You know, even though that's probably the lightest thing we're going to accuse him of today. But yeah, this is a, uh, a class 5 felony. Uh, and apparently, according to this website, it is punishable by one to ten years in prison or up to 12 months in jail or a fine not to exceed $2,500. All right. 25 years in prison? No. One to ten. Oh. Or a fine of – and or a fine of uh, $2,500. That uh, – yeah, all right. That seems less – or that seems – like, one of those punishments is way worse than the other one and might only be reserved for minorities. <laughs> You're not entirely wrong here, unfortunately. But, yeah. Um, of course, this is not the only horrible thing that Teddy Hart has done. He has a long history of really, really bad behavior. So bad, in fact, that actually I've decided to call an audible here. We're, we're not going to discuss this any further, Oscar. All right. Because get hype for next week's Casual Friday, Teddy Cast Countdown to Prison. <laughs> yeah, all right. Where we are going to true crime delve into the mind of Teddy Hart and the disappearance of Samantha Fulham or uh, God, what's her name? Sorry. Uh, Samantha F Fiddler. I have then, I have one final thing to say about Teddy Hart. Let's hear it, Oscar. Uh, Reddit user Billy underscore pickles. <laughs> A word? On the impact subreddit has said, 
I have met Teddy numerous times, and we've exchanged numbers and, and even chatted via text and DMs. Teddy is way worse at spelling, grammar, and punctuation and usage compared to this troll. <laughs> I mean, that's how he gets you. Like, you're supposed to change up how you type and how you write your things so that people can't trace you and can't, like, do it. Maybe Teddy Hart is smart. I mean... I mean, I know that he's not smart enough to hide a, a blunt that he's smoking in the middle of a promo, but... <laughs> Just saying, it's possible. I can't believe that somehow I still don't know if he's the most problematic member of the extended heart family. Well, I think that's a question that we'll have to delve into next week. Because yeah, folks, basically we wanted we wanted I wanted to do a little bit of a like let's go into all the things that Teddy Hart has done it spawned out of basically like when I discussed when I brought up this in, in our chat earlier, Oscar had no idea of the things that Teddy Hart has potentially done and is accused <laughs> of. So I think that, yeah, like we've kind of made mention of this like here and there, like every time we've come up, like Teddy Hart has come up, which admittedly is not that much as he's really only been on like, on the end of the year stuff when I get to talk about MLW, but like, yeah, next week we're going to do a public service here. And our, our Friday podcast is we, I was going to take a week. I was thinking we'd take a week off. I was thinking we'd be like, you know what? We've done a bunch of these. Let's, let's take a week off. No, we're doing Teddy cast countdown to prison. Crime we're going to delve into all of wait. the things that Teddy Hart has done and how he maybe murdered his girlfriend, allegedly. <laughs> do not sue. Or do sue, because you have to prove that you're lying. It's true. So yeah, get excited for that, I guess. Alright, let's move on to our next topic here. Now this has completely gone off the rails. Oscar! John! All Elite Wrestling. They're a company. Uh, yeah. A, a good company. Yeah, they did a wrestling show tonight. Before they, they do every Wednesday. Yeah. Called AEW Dynamite. Before they did the wrestling show, I want to uh, kind of just bring up something that happened on Twitter this week. And it seems like they're course-correcting with the Nightmare Collective in the sense that I think they just killed it. Yeah, I mean, did you uh, did you hear any of the, the interview that, uh, that Brandy did with uh, Alvarez at uh, Wrestling Observer? I didn't hear it, but I read some of the summary of it. Yeah, essentially she basically said straight up that, like, you know, the, the original plan was that it was going to be her managing Kong and Kong had this idea for the gimmick, but then it just, Kong just, you know, couldn't really go and, and wasn't really able to get cleared as much. So they had to kind of course correct with like adding in, adding in Mel and, and Dr. Luther, which, you know, they which was like, it wasn't really ever the plan and it wasn't really working. So Brandy just kind of decided, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm killing this. And I think it kind of, knowing that Kong, I mean, we kind of knew that Kong wasn't what she was. But I think knowing kind of what it seems like the full extent of how bad it is now, 
Yeah, that probably explains why we didn't get shit like Awesome Kong versus Nyla Rose. Or Yeah, no, like and like specifically, like remember there was that weird tag match with the uh, Statlander and, and whoever against like Brandy and Mel. Like the original idea was supposed to be that that was gonna be Kong Statlander, but Kong just Kong just couldn't get cleared, so they had to call an audible. I'm sure this probably also explains why we haven't seen Aja Kong recently. Probably, yeah. I mean, look, like, Aja Kong is, is old, and they want to save her. She wants to probably save herself. She doesn't have many matches left. I feel like they brought her in for one match, which was the Awesome Kong match, and then when they realized this cannot happen. Yeah, it doesn't really surprise me. Yeah. But I, I have – did you watch any of like the – any of the segments that she did? Like – because I know that she did those uh, those therapy uh, segments on, on her like YouTube or on her Twitter or something. I watched the uh, first therapy segment and then I read the uh, Wrestling Observer interview. Okay. Because I, I saw – the only one that I've seen is the, the newest one where she burns the box with her uh, with her Nightmare Collective gear in it. Yeah, that's the one I saw. Okay. So, no, because there was also, like, there's actually been, like, segments of her in, like, a therapist's office talking about, like, this gimmick and the weird shit going on with her. I I didn't get a chance to watch those. Okay. Because, yeah, I I haven't seen them either, and I'm I'm curious as to how they are. Like, they sound interesting, and I've heard good, positive things about them, but, yeah, again, I don't really know the the quality of them or the, the content of them. Yeah. But one thing she did say in the interview that I thought was interesting is that, like, while this is the end of the Nightmare Collective for her, she did kind of seem to to indicate here that, like, potentially this isn't the end of, like, Mel and Dr. Luther being a thing. Which, you know, I'm I'm, I'm glad because, hey, Dr. Luther fucking rules. Dr. Luther seems to slap. You might argue that Dr. Luther is perhaps the king of the deathmatch. They're not bringing it back, Oscar. I know you're trying. (laughs) If they bring it back, it can only happen in international waters on the Chris Jericho boat and never be acknowledged again. Do it, you fucking cowards! (laughs) Yeah, okay, when you put it that way, do you cowards? Anyway, but that stuff that didn't happen... On Dynamite, although they did sort of acknowledge it when they had Brandy on commentary for MJF's match. Yeah. But what else happened that you want to talk about here? Um, Darby Allen continues to be fucking cool as shit. Doing his, you know, doing his Bob I Dylan card promos. Yeah, you know, I wasn't super into this, but like, go on, like, tell me more about how you felt about this. I have no idea where the fuck this is going. I'm going to reserve... I, I Let me rephrase this. Darby I mean, Allen has the potential to be cool as shit. Yeah. I'm going to reserve judgment on Darby Allen being cool as shit until I see where this is going. Um, but we know where it's going, though. They pretty much spelled it out at the end of the, at the, end of the segment. I mean, yes. Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara. At Revolution. Yeah. But also, like, where do you go? What are we doing from there? 
is Darby sure, Allen okay? Is Darby Allen's character just gonna be him doing black and white car promos? But I mean, I kind of hope not. Like, I like the idea of this, but I wasn't super into the execution. And maybe it's just that, like, I really thought that the the ending bit of you know the stupid little sketch of Sammy Guevara is like, I have herpes from kissing Chris Jericho's ass. I thought that was kind of shitty. I laughed a lot at that. I hate to admit it. Okay, fair. I know it's. It I know it's shitty. I laughed a lot at that. It didn't work for me. It felt easy. But I, I'm not going to argue with you on this. It feels very in character with Darby Allen. <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to disagree with you there. But it feels very in character with Darby Allen, the person. <laughs> Again, not going to disagree. Speaking, though, of Inner Circle members wrestling, fuck, Jake What's Hager's that? finally going to wrestle. I know. He's. Gonna have a fucking match with Dustin Rhodes at fucking Revolution. Yeah. Yeah, they're making Revolution be a pretty stacked card, I gotta say. I have not looked at the card, and I I don't know if I should before we play Does Oscar Know the Card of Revolution next week? <laughs> don't. Um. But yeah, like, I hey, I'm excited for that. I'm, I want to see... You know what? They've done such a good job of making me intrigued by Jake Hager and just him never wrestling and his gimmick just basically being, hey, remember when I kicked that dude in the dick a lot in that Bellator match? I'm just going to make that be my character now. Yeah. I want to see him in the ring. Like, and it's weird to say that considering, you know, Jake fucking Hager. Remember when he was Jake Strong on fucking Lucha Underground? I wish I didn't. I and And yeah, like I feel like They've done a great job building Jake Hager, and I'm worried that, yeah, this is all going to go real sour at Revolution when everybody remembers, yeah, he's not actually that great. I mean, look, here's the thing. I, I feel like it's going to be all how they book him. Like, I feel like it's all going to be how they, like, because I think that he's got some talent he's a he's a decent wrestler it's just his character was fucking boring and shitty if they played to like you know the fact that he's this amateur guy and like let him do some stuff like you know what i'm, I'm gonna throw it out there like i've he, i watched him have a couple matches in mlw and i think he had like a match or two on capital like he wasn't terrible like he's not a bad wrestler it's just Jake Hager kind of sucks and is boring, and like he had even when he was on fucking MLW and Capital, he was still doing the We the People shit. Yeah, and like, th this Hager, I'm interested in. I'm at least willing to give it a shot. I think part of me, what what's kind of got me worried is not to shit on Dustin, but Dustin, I don't know. If Jake Hager is still limited and needs to be carried, I don't know if Dustin's the guy that can do it anymore. Look, I hear what you're saying, but hear me out here. You gotta trust Dustin on this. His mouth is dry. His face is numb. He's fucked up and spun out in his room. I, I will say, 
I've grown to really like the new version of Dustin Stew. You know, it's again, I they I kept, don't like it as much. They kept all the brain stew shit and just added more to it. No, I know. It's they kept they they changed it slightly. Hey, I'm gonna throw it out there. It's less brain stew now and more twenty five or six to four. No, it's brains to the Godzilla remix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. That Godzilla remix does have that string section. The Godzilla remix is the best version of brains to don't fucking at me. I you know what? I wanna at you, but I don't hate it, so okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm gonna be straight up. Like, I don't like it as much, but I I do. I am enjoying Dustin's too. I think that it's. I think that hey, if you needed to change it more to make it so Green Day doesn't sue you, that's a good compromise. Yeah. Um. But that's all stuff that's happening in the future. Why don't we talk about things that actually happened on this week's episode? Including, and I, I, I'm skipping ahead here a little bit on your notes, but, like, I feel like it does really dovetail nicely into this. Uh, speaking of big chonky boys that are working for the fucking inner circle, yo, what's with the monster Matanza Cueto doing in the fucking elite zone? I'm, I'm super pumped for Jeff Cobb. Fucking out of nowhere... Chris Jericho and the inner circle backstage cutting a promo. Jericho's like, hey, guess what, assholes? Fucking, here's Jeff Cobb coming to beat the fuck out of John Moxley next week. Yeah. And here I thought that Cobb was like still fucking in Ring of Honor. In fact, someone in the, uh, in the, the Ozone Discord posted that, like, yeah, fucking, he's got a match at Supercard of Honor. So I was I was actually looking up his um I was looking up his deal with uh Ring of Honor. Yeah. Because I know you were posting in uh Owen's Discord that um you thought it might just be a one off here. He actually does not have a deal with Ring of Honor other than like a handshake agreement. Oh, okay. So he's basically just showing up to dates whenever they they have something for him. Yeah, like you like remember when everybody else in like you know how everybody else in um Ring of Honor like Bandito, King, PCO and Skrull, they all re-signed their contracts? Yeah. Yeah, Cobb didn't. Okay. So Cobb's just on a per show deal. All right. So I wonder Hey, I wonder if this is just like, I wonder if this is him actually signing with AEW and, you know, Supercard of Honor is just, well, you had this, you have this thing that you already agreed to. We're going to let you finish your dates. Yeah. And also we like Marty. Um, but yeah. And I mean, you think about the other rumored signings that AEW has of Vance Arch of, uh, Archer. Harper, Brian Cage, and yeah, they've definitely addressed the problem that people had of, hey, all your guys are really small. Yeah, okay, you want another Wardlow and Luchasaurus? Here you go, motherfuckers! Here's like five of them! And the only thing... Granted, one of them is basically just Taz, but like, he's the best Taz. It's, it's true, he's better than... He, 
He's better than the actual Fuck, Taz. Actually, wait, no. They have they have actual Taz in AEW now. Now I want fucking Taz to call Matanza matches. Also, just make him actually Matanza. Buy the rights to Lucha Underground. Let's go. Um, but yeah, so like... You want an authority figure and, and Tony Khan doesn't want to be on TV? Hey, Luis Fernandez Gill, what the fuck's he doing now? He was just on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Bring back Dario. Fuck it. And yeah, like people, you know, there was a post that there was a post of um, someone doing like uh, a vague spoiler for um, AEW tonight of an insider that's just like, yeah, an ex New Japan guy will be debuting in, in AEW. And everybody on Squared Circle was saying, oh, this is where Archer debuts. No one Little saw, did they know. No one saw Jeff Cobb coming. I certainly didn't. Yeah, like, the second that they announced him, I was just losing my mind. Like, what the fuck? Um, yeah. Also, speaking of, speaking of big people that really exciting tonight. Nyla Rose fucking finally clicked for me. Yeah. Like, this Nyla and Rio match was fucking great. This this match redeemed the first match. Sure. Okay, yeah, okay. And I also, the title change was really necessary. Yeah, I agree with that. Especially like, if I don't know how much longer Riho's going to be around. Or, like... I don't hate Riho. I like, you know, I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. Like, I, I still don't... I I don't get Riho as much as, like, you know, I understand why people really connect with her and why she gets this fucking gigantic pops. But, like, I just... There's still something there that's missing for me. Though I did... It was pretty cool when she fucking threw those Snapdragon suplexes. Those Kenny Snapdragon suplexes. Not going to lie. If Riho, the problem for me with Riho is, you know, the problem we've always had with Riho, her shit just doesn't look like it hurts. Yeah, she's too tiny. And but like, it, you know, worked, she's not... it, it worked to this week against Nyla Rose because it just sold Nyla Rose as a monster. Yeah. Like, I, I like Riho. I want to see her get better. I think that also, but also since she hasn't been around all that much... And, like, there's still something that's just not connecting with me. I, yeah, I'm with you. I think that this was the right time to take it off of her. And I think that, like, honestly, like, Nyla's a really good person to put it on. Yeah. You know. Now you could actually, like, have someone like Chris Atlander go after her. Yeah, we can get some good face chase moments now. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, there's one other thing I want to talk about from Dynamite this week that I didn't write down in my notes because I only just discovered this. Shop.aew.com is now selling John Moxley branded eye patches. I I did know this. They, in fact, called it out on the, uh, they called it out on the broadcast. Yeah. I'm fucking into it. (laughs) really stupid and like this is some this is some merch freak shit that I can get behind 
But yeah, this was this was a totally solid two hours of wrestling. Not the most memorable episode AEW's ever done, but I mean, still a hell of a lot better than Vince. You don't want to talk about the the opening segment there? Oh shit, I forgot to just write down notes for the opening segment. I mean, it was a pretty fucking cool match between fucking, like, you know, Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page defending their titles against SEU, and then all that shit with Dark Order happened. Yeah, I I don't... That's the note I was missing when I fucking had to rewrite all this shit. I knew I was missing something. Yeah, that was... Yeah, I'm into the Dark Order. I'm I'm fully sold on the Dark Order now. Sure was pretty noticeable that, like, you know, when they showed that segment before the match, and then, like, Daniels was all like, I'm gonna go find these fuckers. I'm gonna go get them. And then he just was never seen again. I mean, Daniels is... I know there's the rumors that it's gonna be Matt Hardy. And point of fact, I don't know if you caught it, but it was either Excalibur or Ross. One of them referred to them as the Bucks of Youth. I did not catch that. It happened. So I feel like even the announcers are planting the seeds there that, yeah, we know you think it's Hardy and we're going to play to it. And... I'll be honest, yeah, Matt Hardy would be cool. Chris Daniels makes sense, though. I genuinely think that the Exalted One should be Chris Daniels, that he should have always been fucking behind the scenes, the fallen, like, you know, that it's really just supposed to be, like, the rise of the fallen angel again. And hell, The fallen angel's the Exalted One. That would be fucking sick. Yeah. And also, it's it's the storyline that the WWF wouldn't give you in 1999. When Christopher Daniels was supposed to be the higher power. It's true. But honestly, a Matt Hardy's fine too. What if Vince McMahon is the exalted one? Fuck, are you telling me that Vince Russo was right all along? No. That's why Vince McMahon has fired all the CEOs. He's actually an AEW employee tanking WWE from within. Shit! It all makes sense now. No wonder Monday is such a bad time. It turns out he was the lethal dose of poison all along. I mean, he always was, wasn't he? <laughs> it's... Is that it for AEW? Yeah, that's it for AEW. Jeff Cobb's cool. Dynamite. It was good. You don't want to talk any about the ending also? I just said, Jeff Cobb's cool. I mean, there was also the eye for an eye match. That match was fine. Yeah, it had its moments. I look, Sant- Santana's fucking great. Yeah, Santana's Moxley's great. Cool. Moxley's great. Just like, yeah, this match was about as good as I expected for something where both competitors only had one eye. True, and you know, had to do things like Moxley selling that he was blinded by having alcohol spit in his his good eye. Yeah, like. This was this was okay. It's not Moxley or Santana's best match. Fair enough. But hey, it was enjoyable for what it was. And sometimes it's all you can ask for. Yeah. 
This was a perfectly cromulent wrestling show. Pretty crescent fresh. Why don't you tell me about the hour-long show that they embiggened into a two-hour-long show? <laughs> yeah, NXT is is a show that actually was it was really good this week. I will say, like you know, definitely like a. We're kind of setting the deck here and just, like, building up people for, whoops, we have a pay-per-view on Sunday. But, hey, they did some good stuff there. Roderick Strong opened. I like... He had a fucking match against Bronson Reed for some reason. Uh, okay. I, I mean, the reason was because uh, during during the thing last week where the Undisputed Era was just running around backstage trying to find Ciampa and being dicks to everybody, uh, they... They beat the shit out of Bronson Reed. Yeah, all right. So Bronson Reed's like, no, fuck you. I'm mad about this. I want to I want to fight you. Sure. So they fought. Who won? Hey, would you believe that a match between the Rod Strunk and the former Joan Rock would be real cool? Yeah, I would believe that. Well, it was. During the during the end of the match. The lights went out and everything went all purple. And Stronky Boy was all confused. Was it the Velveteen Dream? No, it was just the Velveteen Dream being a dick and distracting him. Alright. But, it I mean, it distracted him enough that he got fucked up by, by Bronson Reed. And then Bronson Reed went to the top rope and was going to do, like, a fucking diving headbutter splash on him. And fucking Strong just jumps up and fucking knees him in the face! All right, that sounds pretty fucking good. Knees him in the face in midair. One, two, three, match over. It was pretty cool. That's uh, then after that, Velveteen Dream appears on the on the Titantron and cuts a promo and shows off his his fancy pants and talks about how after he beats Roderick Strong, he's going to make sure that uh, you know his his wife and child still have someone that is all man. He needs to beat. Rod Strong, so that he can afford a good airbrush artist that will get the likeness right. It's really weird to me that he's, they're literally doing the Jake the Snake, Rick Rude feud, but Rick Rude is the the face now. I mean... And maybe it's just you don't have, it's, you, there's really not that much you can do when you've literally had, like, a week to build this story... But I mean, look, it's 2020. The real face is the man that lets his wife get fucked by the Velveteen Dream. I guess so. I mean, I honestly, the more I think about it, I feel like this is our fault because, like, if it wasn't for us making it very clear that our our good buddy Samoa Joseph is just a good man trying to do right by Wendy and her child get her away from that terrible horrible fucking man who believes the earth is flat AJ Styles <laughs> I'm just saying I feel like we did this I, and I'm just saying if I had a wife I'd let the Velveteen Dream fuck her not fair didn't didn't know that you were Paul Heyman. <laughs> Please, that would be Bobby Lashley. 
All right, let's let's talk about the actual important thing from this show. The three best segments that they had: the Broserweights trying to travel to Portland. Okay. How many weed references did they make? Not very many, actually. There was there was one where it felt like that's where they were going with it, but not very many after that. It was just them kind of being wacky and getting into misadventures and everything, and just like Pete Dunne being the ultimate straight man to Matt Riddle. These segments were actually really funny and a lot of fun. Because the whole thing was just like, well, how are we going to get to Portland? Like, because the three of us, like, the three of us got to get to Portland because, of course, they're, tr- like, Matt Riddle just keeps treating the fucking, uh, the Dusty Rhodes Classic Tag Team Championship trophy as, a, as another person. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, yeah, in the first segment, they, uh, they're driving a car and there's a, a fun bit of Pete Dunn almost killing them because he's driving on the wrong side of the road. Okay. And then they get pulled over by the cops. And that, of course, that's when when I think like, oh, okay, are they really just going to go with Matt Riddle's a stoner here? And then the bit is that, oh, whoops, neither of them have driver's licenses. <laughs> All right. This, sound, this actually sounds pretty good. Yeah. And then cut back to them later in the show, and they're hanging out, uh, driving a swan paddle boat. While Pete Dunn's like, you're not saying, we're not taking this to get to fucking Portland, right? And Matt Riddle thinks of a great idea. Which then ends up being, he gets a private jet. Alright. <laughs> Only for it to turn out that... What they're actually doing is stowing away in the in the fucking cargo bay of Triple H's private jet. Sure. All right. These segments were really fun, and like these two had some fucking great comedic timing. This, like I gotta say, uh, the stuff I've seen of the Broser Waits sounds actually really fucking good. I'm genuinely surprised. Like I, you know. I feel like now I have to pull back on my fucking uh, on my fucking call from from the mothership daddy this week, where I said that fucking uh, the the undisputed era is going to beat them, and fucking one of them is going to turn on the other because this is a Pete Dunn tag team, and that's how those always go. But you know what? After this stuff, I kind of want to see them stick together. It was fun, which is going to make it all the more heartbreaking when because this is a Pete Dunn tag team. He's going to turn on them. I mean, I would like to see Pete Dunn turn on Matt Riddle. I think that would be fun. I think that would be a nice inverse of, you know, Rod Strong fucking murking uh, Pete Dunn at the last Tag Team Classics finals. Well, second to last, I guess. Yeah. Anyway. No. Candice LeRae had a match against Dakota Kai. Yeah. Because, you know, we got to build up for Dakota Kai having that street fight with Tegan Knox. Yeah. I wish I liked Dakota Kai. I just, yeah. Like, this heel turn just hasn't worked for me. It like, robbed her you, of you everything that... that made Dakota Kai unique. Yeah. 
like the team kick stuff, the fun stuff there. Like that was what made Dakota Kai cool. Like this is just like now she's just boring. Now she's just generic. She's I just, do not recognize pictures of Dakota Kai, and every time I've seen her, I'm like, who the fuck is that? Yeah, and it bugs me out because I really like her entrance theme now. At least that cool grinding guitar. It's sick. At least 2K20 lets you still play as proper Dakota Kai. Fair enough. Yeah, this this match was fine. Like this this was a good match. You know, obviously Candice LeRae is a very good wrestler. Uh, you know, this is a match that definitely you know was both helped and hindered by the fact that Candice got busted open like kind of early in the match, got her nose fucked up. Uh, yeah, that you sounds know, rough. On one hand, uh, clearly not going to help the qual- like the work rate of the match because, like, you know, kind of hard to breathe when your nose is broken. On the other hand, hey, look, color helps wrestling matches. There, I said it. I also hate to say it. I wish I liked Candice LeRae more. I just, again, the problem with Candice LeRae is just they don't have a character for an NXT. Like, her character pretty much was, I'm Johnny Gargano's wife. And then they got her away from Johnny, and it's mostly just been, I'm someone's friend. And, oh, no, this person is mean to me now. Like, her character is basically, I'm EO's friend. Oh, no, EO is evil. I mean, ev- I'm Rhea Ripley's friend. I'm on this War Games match. Oh no! Dakota Kai did a thing! So she's Sting. Yeah, basically. She doesn't howl, though. <laughs> or do a death drop. What if they... What if they give her... What if they just repackage her as Sting and no one questions... And no one says otherwise... What if there was a drag queen whose gimmick is Sting and she does a scorpion death drop? Alright, I need to know. Is that a thing? Well, the scorpion death drop was his finisher. It was his, like, reverse DDT that he did. Is there a drag queen that... Is there a Sting-themed drag queen? That's what I'm saying! There should be! I thought you were building this up to you saying... I went to this drag show and saw a Sting-themed drag queen, and I was about to be like, fuck yeah, tell me all about it. No, I'm saying that one of us needs to be the Sting-themed drag queen. Yeah, alright. I did see a Finn Balor-themed burlesque performer, though. Is it just Finn Balor thrusting his crotch at the en- at, at the camera during his entrance? No, it was uh, a lady doing that uh, while wearing the demon shit. Yeah, all right. Yeah, no, she was great. That was awesome. John, what is... Go to Tasselmania if you're in New York, y'all. What is Sting's drag name? Ooh. Sting. <laughs> Just Sting. Why? Why would it be anything but Sting? Yeah, sure. You, you got me there. Johnny Gargano and Cameron Grimes had a match because 
they had some fucking stupid WWE.com exclusive of them having a fight backstage at a live event on Sunday. And so they had a match. Because, hey, remember Cameron Grimes? He's still got that fucking top hat. <laughs> Who was Cameron Grimes? Trevor Lee. Fuck right, it's Trevor Lee. Why did they give him such a bad name? Why did they give him such a weird gimmick of, I'm a carny or something? <laughs> wait. Wait. What if they bring back Kizarni? That's a good question. What if they bring back Kizarni? I might like it more than, than Cameron Grimes. Because I just still don't understand this fucking character that he's doing. And it's weird because, yeah, Trevor Lee is cool. I wasn't sure, just from the pictures, if he was doing a Carney gimmick or a Buff Bagwell gimmick. I mean, the few times that they've given him context is basically they're like, he's like an old school guy. He's like a, a snake, a traveling snake oil salesman type. Like, so like a Carney in personality, if not an actual Carney. Are we implying that Buff Bagwell is not a traveling snake oil salesman in his life as a gigolo? No, I'm just implying that he's a gigolo. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if he's if he's a traveling snake oil salesman in that regard. I have not gotten a, a, a close-up view of the stuff. <laughs> the snake is his dick, and the oil is the oil he rubs on it. As a gigolo. I hate this. <laughs> also, Buff Bagwell would like you to know that as a gigolo, he only accepts female clients. Well, you know what, Buff? You're just like, look, you're just cutting out an emerging market for you. Like, you could be making so much money off of this if you only knew, if you only knew. But whatever, hey, I'm not going to judge here. You you live your life however you want, Buff Bagwell. It sounds like you're having a great time. <laughs> Cameron Grimes and Johnny Gargano had a match and it was good. It's about all I have to say about it because, hey, no shit, Johnny Gargano won. Cameron Grimes, they've basically done nothing with him for, for months now. And it's almost like Johnny Gargano has a match on Sunday. Who's he facing on Sunday? We'll talk about it later. Oh, wait. I think I remember this. Want to hear about the number one contenders match for the Cruiserweight Championship? No, but you're going to tell me anyway. <laughs> okay, fine. We have Russian Angel Garza. That actually probably sounded... That probably was an okay match. No, that's the thing. Is of course it was an awesome match. Like Angel Garza is fucking awesome, and Leo Rush. Like you know, say what you will about Leo Rush as a person. Like Leo Rush in the ring, very talented. Yeah. They, you know, they've had really good matches before. Leo Rush lost his title to Angel Garza. Is Angel Garza a heel or a face? He was a face. Is that is this just because the NXT crowd, I guess, hates Rey Mysterio? I genuinely don't know what they're doing with Angel Garza, and I don't think that they really know what they're doing with him either. All right. 
But hey, this match was really fun and really exciting. Uh, and then fucking in a spot that I completely didn't expect, Garza was going for the wing clipper and Rush fucking rolled him up for three. Huh. I guess they don't want Garza to have the cruiserweight title when he's facing Humberto. That or I here's the thing I also think probably is that like it's either that or okay, one of two things. One Garza they you know again, they can't decide if he's a if he's a face or a heel like they're they're kind of weirded out with the fact that again, yeah, they want him to be a babyface on NXT where he's like super fucking over, but on Raw he's clearly a fucking heel working with Zelina Vega, like doing all that shit. So like, one good way to avoid the issue, just not have him in that title picture right now. And another, and you know, like go with an actual an actual babyface and Leah Rush, who they've been booking as a babyface ever since you know he came back to NXT. I wonder... And also, I think that it... You know, look, let's be honest. I think it gives... I think it gives Devlin an easy win. Yeah, I mean... Wait. When did Angel Garza beat Devlin? How many times has Cruiserweight title changed hands since Worlds Collide? None. This is the number one contenders match. To oh, number Devlin. one contenders match. I'm I'm dumb. Yeah, no, this is a number one contenders match to face Devlin. Also, that match is happening on NXT next week. So I guess so much for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship going to UK. Yeah, I mean, that's actually probably why they're getting it off of Devlin. I don't think they're getting it off of Devlin. I think that this is the whole point is that like. Rush has already had the title. Garza beat him for the title. Like, yeah, he beat Garza, but, like, you know, he beat him with, like, a, a surprise roll-up. So this is someone that Devlin can can beat and look good. Yeah. Because don't forget all the rumors that we've been hearing about Devlin that, like, Shawn Michaels fucking loves him. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Um, that's it. Nothing. Nothing else there. No, that that makes sense. I don't know. I thought you were gonna say something about how much you like Devlin because I know you love him. Devlin's cool. Um, He's the Irish Ace. Devlin's cool. Shawn Michaels isn't. That is very true. <laughs> you fucking screwed, Brett. Fuck you. All of these things are very true. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised that this match is happening next week. Yeah, why, I'm surprised. Why are they just having this on the takeover? It's a good question, and all, or more of the point, like why don't they at least give it like somewhat of a build? Like you know, hey, it's something that we kind of talked about last week, or you know, I don't know if we talked about it last week, but like just think about like. One thing that we didn't talk about from AEW this week that I actually really fucking enjoyed now that I'm remembering it. The fucking Pac promo that they had. Like, think of all the time that they have given themselves to, like, 
really build up this match, like this 30 minute, minute Iron Man match that he's got with Omega in, in two weeks. And like the cool fucking promos he cut this week and last week, it's got me super fucking excited for this match now. And it's super excited for, oh man, what of a fucking crazy like promo they're going to have a Pac next week. Like imagine if they had done like any bit of effort with that for, for this match instead of just, oh, well, I guess they're facing next week. And I guess Devlin cut a promo on, on Rush you know, directly after the match to get you sort of excited, I guess? Because, John, at the end of the day, it's the cruiserweight title who gives a fuck. I know. It's the cruiserweight title on an NXT UK guy. The only show that they care about less than 205 Live. I know. It's just like, you know... I really wish they had a direction for the cruiserweight championship. I really wish that they had a direction for the cruiserweight division other than just like, I don't know. Here's a bunch of people that we signed that we don't really know what to do with. Here's, here's swerve. Look, maybe Cody shouldn't have made another promotion so that, you know, they wouldn't be worried that good people would go there. Fucking dick. I swear. You know, fuck Cody. I guess. It's Cody's fault that he's now known as Isaiah Scott. There you go, Trace. There, There's your culprit. Blame Cody for it. Good old compromise Cody. Bianca Belair in a match with Santana Garrett. Yeah, that was probably good. It was like a minute long. Oh. It was a complete and utter squash. Santana got to do basically nothing. Okay. I was going to say, I I would be really angry if they squashed Bianca Belair. Which, I mean, again, look, fair, Sunday is coming. And then, yeah, Bianca cut a cool promo. And then they they had Rhea come in and cut a promo on her. And then they start fighting and fucking... Bianca hit the KOD on Rhea and, and posed in the middle of the ring over her. And that was great. I was like, yeah, Bianca's cool. Gee, I wonder how Sunday's going to go. Yeah, I mean, there's no chance Rhea's winning, right? Or sorry, there's no chance Rhea's losing, right? Fuck no. Maybe, Not happening at all. Maybe they shouldn't have hot shot at the Charlotte angle. Yeah, no, I mean, the the thing that I've been reading, the, the rumors going around here are that, like, originally Charlotte was not going, they weren't going to hotshot it. They they were going to let TakeOver happen, and then Charlotte was going to come in. But then they were all freaked out about, like, the January ratings and how AEW was doing really well in January compared to them. And they were like, oh, shit, fuck, all right, well, let's get people to watch NXT. Uh, put Charlotte on it, that'll work. It doesn't seem like it worked. Because Charlotte's not a draw. I don't disagree. Like, it's kind of telling that the only person from the main roster that they've brought over to NXT that's actually moved the needle any any little bit is uh, Becky. Yeah, weird how that works. Weird how, like, the person that is, for all intents and purposes, the top fucking face of the company would move the needle. Yeah. 
And again, deservedly the top face of the company. Let's not get it twisted here. But anyway, let's talk about the main event. What was the main event? It was Adam Cole versus Kushida. Yeah, all right. Yeah, <laughs> that's basically all you can say about this match is, yeah, all right. Was this it match good? was great. Okay, good. No, of course. This match was great. Like, it was definitely like, look, I'm not going to say that it was it was better than great. Like, Kushida's a fucking talent. Adam Cole's a fucking talent. I don't th- they didn't go super hard. Like, Cole's not going to, like, fuck himself up before a pay-per-view. He's going to be it smart. But, like, you know, for it was a good main event. And, like, I feel like it, it was a good main event, I feel like, hampered by the fact that, like, because it's NXT and they've been weird about things lately, we haven't seen Kushida for a minute. Yeah, I haven't heard about Kushida in a little while. I mean, I, I think he got injured for a bit after, like, a Walter match, but, like, yeah, he kind of just he kind of just dropped off for a minute. Huh. But, hey, turns out Kushida's awesome, and so is Cole, so this match was great. Yeah. Unsurprisingly, Cole won, because, again, Sunday. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And then, unsurprisingly, the overrun was him having a stare down with his Sunday opponent. Who's he facing on Sunday? Well, Oscar, I think it's time we play a little bit of a game here. Oh. Oscar, <laughs> it's time to play what is the card for TakeOver Portland. <laughs> oh, good. Um, I'm going to... I'm going to guess, just based on having listened to you talk about this show, I know that, I know that Rhea Ripley and um, Bianca Belair is a match. That's correct. For the NXT Women's Championship. And I... Because calling it that again. And I did hear you say that Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox are having a match. In a street fight. Um... I'm going to assume Johnny Gargano's going to fight the Prinks. He is indeed fighting the Prince Finn Balor. Um. Oh, Rod Strong is going to fight um, Velveteen Dream. So that is not on the card, but I could see that. Actually, no, that that's. That's probably not going to get on the card unless they they do it on the uh, the pre show. It's a pretty stacked card right now, actually. All right. Um... But yeah, if if that match happens, like I could see that being the pre show match. Weird that they would relegate Velveteen Dream to the pre show. I mean, he just came back. He's the fucking Velveteen Dream. Yeah, but it's Rod Strunk. It's true. Um, is there a tag title match? There is indeed. The Broser Waits versus whoever's champion right now. Is it still Undisputed Era? It is still indeed the Undisputed Era. So is it Broser Waits versus uh, Redragon? 
Yeah, Fish and O'Reilly. Um, you got two more matches. Adam Cole, baby. Man, who would that versus? I don't know Walter. No, what? I have no idea who like they would have. Because I don't know who would fight Adam Cole. You really don't know. I'm blanking on any other main eventers. Who is, who in the main event is a former champion that never actually lost the title? Every former NXT champion? Adam there Cole versus Oscar? No. But that's not a good that's not a bad guess, I'm not gonna lie. Adam Cole versus Drew McIntyre? Is that who Drew McIntyre chose and they're doing it now? This is painful. It's Ciampa. It's Oh Ciampa! That's I forgot about Tomasa Ciampa. Yeah, Ciampa! Um God Almighty. And then and then you should know what the last one is because it's your favorite match. Oh, um, Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic. Yeah, buddy. All right, let's do let's do predictions here, Oscar. Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair. Rhea Ripley. Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano. Balor. The Undisputed Era versus the Broserweights for the NXT Tag Team Championships. Undisputed Era with someone turning on someone in uh, the Broserweights. Okay. okay. Adam Cole versus Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT Championship. Adam Cole. Dakota Kai versus Tegan Knox in a street fight. Dakota Kai. Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic for the North American Championship. Keith Lee's retaining. I'm just going to throw it in here as a bonus, even though it's not on the card here. Uh, Velveteen Dream versus uh, Roderick Strong. Dream. Yeah, that's an easy one for Dreamy F, baby. Yeah. That's it for NXT. It's, it's still NXT, all right. Did you see any of that interview that was done with Triple H where they talked about the ratings? No, I didn't. He's just talking about, you know, trying to attract a younger audience and all this stuff. It's like, yeah, but your audience is old, though. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really get some, some good quotes out of it. Well, the real whatever. no one that will survive is the NXT audience with the passage of time. Oh, man. <laughs> On that note... I think it's time to end this show. You can find me on Twitter at Asaga the Great, Instagram at Asaga the Great, twitch.tv slash Asaga the Great, PayPal at eng.1966 at yahoo.ca. Pay the man. What good exclusive content can we get from your PayPal account? Um. I'll send you the link to my OnlyFans. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. And I've been your host, John Gavrexy Maxwell. You can find me a whole myriad of places, including Twitter at I am John GM, Instagram at I am John GM, Twitch at video underscore shames, bite at video shames, and of course, Venmo at I am John.
pay the man. In terms of other things that uh, you can give us money for, uh, yeah, you should definitely check out the website this week. Uh, we got some stuff happening here. So Friday, uh, we have the next installment in what we have now deemed our new series, Casual Friday, which is basically just us doing weird nonsense shows on Friday. Uh, it's not going to be an every Friday thing, although I guess now we've just committed to doing one for like five weeks straight. Yeah. <laughs> we produce way so, too much content for this site. Yeah. It's almost like these other jokers need to step it up and help pick up some of the slack here. When's the next New Japan show? When are we going to do more of that shit? Well, let me let me finish up here by telling more people about this Casual Friday stuff, and I because I will get to that here. Yeah, Casual Friday, it's it's fun. It's they're more loose and more freeform and fun and exciting, and we mess around with the format and do weird things, and it's great. You should listen to them. Uh, that's where you're going to find all the stuff like the Idiot's Guide to New Japan. Uh, you're going to find the thing we did last week, the Pro Wrestling.Cool Financial Report where we went over uh, WWE's Q4 financial call. Uh, And you will also find this week's special thing uh, in honor of Valentine's Day, the Idiot's Guide to Romance. It's the Takes Bakery. Tell the people at home what that is, Oscar. It's the Takes Bakery episode that we had talked about and then Owen was too much of a coward to do. We go through relationship advice posts on Reddit and then try to solve it. It's basically Doctor Doctor, but somehow grim and serious. Yeah, like I think that we actually did a pretty okay job of not just like making a bunch of shitty jokes and being terrible, like we do on Doctor Doctor. For someone that's never been in a relationship, I give good relationship advice. Those who can't do teach. <laughs> And then next week, as I as I alluded to earlier, we're going to do Teddy Cast Countdown to Prison, or whatever I call it. Uh, and then in two weeks, Oscar, it's time for the Idiot's Guide to New Japan for, to return for the New Japan Cup. Oh, we're doing so much of this. We're doing we're doing too much content. <laughs> we are doing too much content. We're going to die for the content. But look, man, we said it before, and we'll say it again. 2020 is the year of the hashtag content. Yeah. So, hey, Owen and Trace, if you're out there, maybe you should do some of these shows too to give us a break, for God's sake. I can't believe we just committed to having a second podcast without even realizing that we committed to it. Isn't it how it always goes? But, Oscar, that's not the end of my commitments. Because on Sunday night, uh, Owen and I are going to watch NXT TakeOver Portland, and we're going to review it. And we're going to put that up on Monday over at Patreon.cool. So uh, if you are subscribed to the $5 tier, you will get our uh, latest pay-per-view review. Are you doing Crown Jewel? Or, sorry, Super Showdown? I mean, are we doing Super Showdown, Oscar? (laughs) If you pledge to actually watch the show with me... Actually, wait. I've got an idea. I'm going to tell you about it off-air. Okay. All right. It it better be better than the we're going to get drunk and watch it idea. 
I mean, that's a pretty good idea. Not gonna lie. All right, we'll, we'll talk about it off air. We'll, we'll figure it out, people. But we'll, we'll tell you more as it's coming, maybe on the Mothership Daddy. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Check that out. Patreon.cool uh, this weekend. You will get that. And then, of course, Monday, uh, speaking of the Mothership Daddy, he'll turns back. I don't know. Some bullshit will happen on Friday on SmackDown, I guess. Some bullshit will presumably happen on Raw. I don't know why I'm going to be there, but I will. Hey, man, John Morrison's back. I know. I know. It sure was cool when John Morrison mattered. You know, when he was in any other company. Yeah. Hell, sure was cool when he mattered when he was in this company. I guess that's true when you put it that way. Oscar. John. It's been a pretty good episode, I gotta say. Yeah, this is better than the last time we did an episode with no fucking script or notes or plan. It's true. Not much better. Uh, Well, look. That's all I got. Sorry. Y'all come back now, you hear? This has been episode 17 of Heel Alternative, ProWrestling.Cool's Posse Podcast, where we cover all the wonders of professional wrestling. We will see you again next week. Oh, shit, shit. Patreon.Cool. Yeah, right. I I said that. Go to Patreon.Cool and give us money and you get, like, shit this weekend. And, of course, if you want more stuff, be sure to check us out every day at ProWrestling.Cool. It's not just Until then. It's dark cool. Sure. Until then. <laughs> Y'all come back now, you hear? Well, I thought that we went, did well until the ending there. podcast was brought to you by the Zonecast Network, executive produced by Owen Douglas. Visit zonecast.com for more shows. 